today on CityCast Madison. You know what we often tell students? Show your work. Well, for Madison Public Schools, they too must show their work as they are public entities. But they are not doing a very good job at it. Wisconsin residents have the right to know how their tax dollars are being spent and open records requests, including from frustrated parents, are languishing. Tom Kamenick is a lawyer suing the district for not turning over records for over a year. We learn why he thinks the Madison School District is possibly the worst in the whole state. It's Monday, May 22nd. I'm Bianca Martin, and here's what Madison's talking about. Tom, hello. Morning, Bianca. How are you? Doing wonderful. So your law firm is dedicated to enforcing Wisconsin's open government laws. Is it true you've received more complaints about the Madison School District than any other government agency? By a long shot. This isn't even close. I I do work all over the state. So I'm hearing from places far up north and in the state's capital, a lot of Milwaukee stuff all around. People keep calling and sending me emails about Madison because it is just taking them forever to finish even the simplest record requests right now. Well, so before we get too deep in, like, let's do some of the basic housekeeping. Who has the right to access documents and records from the Madison School District? Anybody, literally anybody. You don't have to be a parent or a taxpayer of Madison. Anybody in the state, anybody out of the state can make record requests. Wisconsin does not have limitations on that like some other states do. The the one small caveat for that is if you are currently incarcerated, uh, you can only request records that are about yourself or your children, typically. Mm, interesting. Um, but yeah, generally, it's not just journalists. It's truly public in that way. And so what are the rules? Like, How soon do does the Madison School District have to get folks records after they request? Are there rules there? Well, that's something a little worse in Wisconsin than other states. We don't have any deadlines. The law does say they have to turn over records as soon as practicable and without delay. But nobody really knows what that means. It's not a strict deadline. (laughs) Courts haven't even done a whole lot with it. They've basically said it's a reasonable amount of time. And it depends on how big the request is, how big or sophisticated the government agency you're asking for is. So, you know, theoretically, state agencies should be should be responding very, very quickly where your small local town uh, off in the corner of the state might have a little harder time getting through through a larger record request. Sure. And unlike Madison, one of these larger spaces. So you've represented several clients who sued the Madison School District over record delays. Can you give us like the overview of these cases, how long they were waiting, what was going on? It's been two lawsuits that I've filed against the the district, although I've, I've done a lot of other uh, other work with people, either just writing letters to the district or helping them out when they had questions about record requests for the district. First lawsuit was one of the first ones I brought at the Transparency Project, and it was actually on behalf of an anonymous requester. So Wisconsin law says you do not have to identify yourself when making a record request. But the Madison School District had refused to answer or refused to provide records to an anonymous requester saying, 
well, we don't know who you are. You might be using these records for some uh, nefarious purposes. And so we filed a lawsuit and it did not take long for them to back off and, and turn over those records. Much more recently, on behalf of the Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty, uh, a public interest law firm out of Milwaukee, we filed a lawsuit because the district had taken over a year to respond to a record request, to fulfill it and turn over the records. They filed a request in January of last year. We filed this lawsuit a year later after they hadn't turned over the records. And it was not a huge record request. It required some work, but we've been learning uh, through discovery that the, the district has been struggling with delays on a lot of record requests and that their their backlog is just growing and they're not doing a good job of kind of cleaning it up and, and getting it back to a reasonable amount of time. Sure. And so like that first case that you filed, uh, as soon as you, you bring some legal attention in there, they're like, oh, here it is. <laughs> we, 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 we've got it for you. So they could move a little faster. I mean, does it feel it seems like fishy? Like, why can't this is this is your responsibility? Why are, do you know why these things are not being carried out? Like, you know, I'm hesitant to ascribe bad motives all the time on these things. I know there's a lot of really dedicated public servants, but but even I think I think the ones that have no ill intent, it's just not a priority. And that's one of the reasons I decided to create the Transparency Project was we have some pretty good laws about records and about meetings. They're just not being enforced. The The district attorneys around the state and the state attorney generals just don't put in the work to prosecute violations. Sure. So, so you would say, in terms of the Madison School District, why they might be taking so long to fill an open records request, like, you know, it's not necessarily nefarious, but we are you are seeing it's not being prioritized yeah and we're learning more as the case progresses and madison has made some public statements about this it usually just turns on the fact that they're not making it a priority they're not putting the resources into providing records that they should be it does take work it takes people time to do these things it takes resources and and money to get these things done but it's supposed to be a basic function of government and if, for example, in Madison, their budget is over $600 million every year. They have one position that's dedicated to filling record requests. And that one position has not been filled for a lot of the past uh, couple of years. We don't know exactly how long, but there have been a couple of news reports where the spokesman, Tim Lamans, has said, uh, if our position is empty. We haven't been able to fill it. Uh, so it's it needs to be a bigger priority for everybody. Mm -hmm. And you you just mentioned Tim Lamones, the Madison School District's public information officer. And uh, he's currently suing his employer to prevent records from being released. Is that as unusual as it sounds? <laughs> it's, it's unusual. It does not happen much, but it is provided in law. And it's Kind of this this man bites dog story here because the, here with the district is trying to do the right thing uh, from our point of view that somebody made a record. I think it was um, a media journalist made a record request for some records into a complaint against Tim Lamans. And when um, under the law, public employees, government employees have the right to get notice that somebody's requesting their disciplinary records specifically it's not supposed to be their whole personnel file that that this applies to but mostly just disciplinary records 
And the law says if the employee wants, they can file a lawsuit in court to try to stop that release. Now, in the 20 years or so that that law has been in effect, that government employees can do that, I'm not aware of a single case where the employee has actually won and been able to stop their records. Uh, but that is his that is within his rights to do so. So we're watching that very interestingly. We don't have time to dive deep into the specifics, but back in 2021, the Madison School District hired a private attorney to conduct an investigation at East High School and write a report. Uh, the district cited attorney-client privilege and refused to turn over the report when re- requested by parents, journalists, and even school board members. Where, <laughs> where are you at? Could you share a little bit more <laughs> about that situation? I know that you're following it closely, as you mentioned. Yeah, this is an area where I think the law has gone wrong. It was 15 or so, 10 to 15 years ago, when there was a court ruling saying that if a government entity hires an attorney to do an investigation, an an internal investigation, usually of employees or or officials, that's protected by attorney-client privilege. So that is correct under the law as it stands. I really don't like that. I think that went off on the wrong track, largely because an investigation itself isn't really legal services. It's different to say we have this problem employee. Here's what the investigation found. Dear attorneys, what are our legal options to deal with it? What? How can we protect ourselves? How can we protect our public? How can we protect our, our customers, our clients, our students? That's I, That I think should be different than the investigation into we did a bunch of interviews. Here's what we found. Here are the facts as we believe that are. I, I wish that wasn't covered still while protecting the attorney's advice to the clients. Uh, but that's the status quo is it's really, really hard to get those. And it's very frustrating because when governments hire attorneys to do that investigation part, kind of the only reason they're doing it is to keep it from the public because they know that those records never have to be turned over. So they're spending a whole bunch more money having attorneys do this investigation instead of anybody else for the purpose of blocking transparency. Which I can't imagine that's a good look considering there's, there's a, like you said, there's been a lot of coverage about transparency on the district and there's, there's so much change happening right now. You'd think. um, They could take an easy win here by, by releasing some of it. You'd think Um, certainly got a lot of attention, but it's, it's definitely not just a Madison issue on, on this investigation question. It's, we -hmm. see it pop up all over the place and, Frankly, this is some of the stuff people uh, ask for most is, you know, you hear through the grapevine that a certain teacher quietly left the district and nobody knows why people start asking questions or, you know, there's a there's a, a quiet severance package for your city administrator, your village administrator. And what happened there? And people want to know. So I see requests for disciplinary and investigation records quite frequently. Mm-hmm. And I think we we touched on this briefly, but sometimes people request public records that might take a lot of effort for a government agency to produce. Uh, but for a simple request like access to some emails, are those super labor intensive or, you know, like what's going on there? Like what might make something take a lot longer for just a request for emails? There's two things that add to that time. One is as you alluded to, the the searching itself takes very little time. You know, doing a keyword search can usually be done very quickly. The, the additional time comes because they have to review the records afterwards because there are things they are 
prohibited by law from releasing. And there are other things where they have to do a, a balancing test and kind of see this, you know, are there some kind of special public interests in preserving secrecy for something, you know, victims, uh, victim identification information or the 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 identities of confidential uh, witnesses or complainants, often that comes up. There, there's a whole plethora of reasons that, that can weigh in favor of non-disclosures and going through you know, emails are voluminous. It used to be everything was paper and it would take a long time again. to search. <laughs> but <laughs> it would take a long time to search paper records, but there weren't that many. Mm-hmm. Now we can search emails and electronic records incredibly quickly, but there's so many more of them that have to be re- reviewed. So that can add time. And the other thing is just if there's a backlog and that that's what Madison is facing right now. The, the requests that are taking forever aren't huge. They're just... It's sitting in line waiting to get started for the most part or mm. work gets done searching for the records quickly and then they sit in a queue waiting for whoever's doing the review to do that behind other people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the first um, lawsuit you mentioned, you know, it was an anonymous person requesting the records. Parents can request records from the school district, but you also touch on a lot of journalists need these records to inform parents. Parents might not know what's going on to maybe want more information. By and large, people are looking into stuff they're really interested in. You know, largely, they're not just idly curious and, and going on fishing expeditions. It's mostly they've noticed something that bothers them. Something happened that they want to look into more specifically. And that that's part of service to the public is making making your work accessible to them. That, that's what government is, is accountable to the people and you know, run by the informed electorate in their elections and, and in contacting their elected representatives after the elections. And it's hard to make those decisions if you're not well informed. And what's it going to take, in your opinion, for the Madison School District to improve, to get their act together? No, mostly it's a matter of, of changing their priorities and and. Uh, you know, uh, setting aside the the right amount of resources for this. They need more people doing it. Uh, you know, police departments, even small or medium-sized police departments tend to have one person who's who a heavy or all of their job is dealing with information and record requests. And uh, with, with $600 million uh, coming from taxpayers of all various different sorts, they need to take more of that money and put it towards getting the information back to those same taxpayers uh, who are who are making decisions in the ballot uh, in the booths? Tom, I we so appreciate you taking the time to give us the information on this issue. Thanks for having me on. I'm really looking forward to following this podcast. Tom Kamenick is the president of the Wisconsin Transparency Project. <laughs> And here's what else Madison's talking about. Pipeline fights. A federal judge has ruled against the Bad River Ban of Lake Superior Chippewa in northern Wisconsin. They've been concerned that an Enbridge oil pipeline running feet away from their land could leak, causing a catastrophic spill. But Judge Conley said they didn't prove an emergency exists, and he is reluctant to force the pipeline to shut down. In other news, a new Department of Health Services report shows that Wisconsin still has a problem when it comes to life expectancy for newborns. The analysis says that non-Hispanic black babies in Wisconsin are three times more likely to die than white babies. And Native American babies are one and a half times more likely to die than white babies. 
This is due to two key factors. Low birth weight, something the agency director said the stress of systemic racism can be a contributing factor for. And unexpected deaths, like unsafe sleeping arrangements. The department says they are looking to fund maternal and infant health programs in response. That's all for today, here on CityCast Madison. I'm Bianca Martin. If you enjoyed the show, why not tell your friend or coworker who always has the receipts? Subscribe to our podcast. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more stories from around the city. Ciao. This is such a fascinating process.